Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good morning. To our friends and visitors this morning, just a quick disclaimer, um, I'm not Tim. Um, he's away on a brief vacation, and the elders asked me to share a few words with you this morning. So those of you watching online or visiting with us today, please come back again next week. This is another opportunity. Um, a couple disclaimers. One, I'll try not to hold you too long. <laughs> If you see Tom get up or Matt cut my mic off, that means that's my time. So Dave, have this song ready to go. <laughs> or the butterflies are going to kick in, and I'm going to speed through this, and we're going to get you out of here, and we'll beat that church crowd to lunch. <laughs> As you can see, my message today is going to be about crossing the finish line. And one other disclaimer, that's not me in the picture, so... I did run track in high school, and I used to always get butterflies whenever I got down in the blocks. I don't care how many times I, was, I had ran or had ran the race or ran that day. Whenever I got in the blocks, I always had butterflies. But once the sound of that starter pistol went off and you were in the race, they just disappeared. We were in the show then. It was, it was time to go. So my message today is going to be about crossing the finish line. My brother Jack, he knows about running a race. A couple weeks ago, he and his father were in a 5K. Um, and Jack finished six, by the way. So he was out of 106 people. Pretty good. He ran his race. We're not going to say where his father finished, but he did beat his father. <laughs> so congratulations, Jack. Um, and in running this race, we, we have certain things, certain characteristics that kick in. And Scripture tells us about running a race. First in Galatians 5-7, you're running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? Corinthians, do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? So run in such a way to get the prize. Acts 20, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying the gospel of God's grace. And one that we're all very, very familiar with. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. In all of these scriptures, you see, Paul uses to describe a Christian experience. We're going to see this also in the storyline that we're going to pick up today in the book of Chronicles. Starting at chapter 22, verse 2 and 3, um, David gives instructions on building of the temple. So it says, So David gave orders to call together the foreigners living in Israel, and he assigned them the task of preparing finished stone for building the temple of God. David provided large amounts of iron for the nails that would be needed for the doors and the gates and for the clamps, and, would gave, and, then, and gave more bronze than could be weighed. 
David said, my son is still young and inexperienced. And since the temple to be built for the Lord must be a magnificent structure, famous and glorious throughout the world, I will begin making preparations for it now. So David collected vast amounts of building materials before his death. Then David sent his son, sent for his son and instructed him to build a temple for the Lord, the God of Israel. My son, I wanted to build a temple to honor the name of the Lord my God, David told him. See, previously, earlier in Chronicles, David was told by God that he would not be the one to build the temple. See, in David's past, he had killed many men. So this didn't deter David. David graciously accepted his no from God. He also accepted his role. His role was preparing the way for his son. And it's at this point we get to my first point in the lesson. Oh, well, one other scripture. I will give him peace with his enemies in surrounding lands. His name will be Solomon, and I will... Give peace and quiet to Israel during his reign. He is the one who built the temple to honor my name. He will be my son, and I will be his father. And I will secure the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. Which leads to my first point. Perseverance. Perseverance is what got David and the children of Israel across the finish line. David was told no. He didn't drop the ball. He still prepared the way. He got everything his son would need to to build that glorious temple. It wasn't easy. It was very tough. They still had a lot of challenges along the way. Just like today. We have a mission as the body of Christ. Just as important to God as the building of that temple. See, we've been given the mission to build a temple of the Holy Spirit. That should never be torn down. My brother Chris touched on this morning during our Bible service. So I think that was the Holy Spirit coming in through us then. And Josh, thank you for that. You also talked about the Holy Spirit. So So in building that temple of the Holy Spirit, we should build it so that it will never be torn down. In our personal life, we need to build a temple of the Holy Spirit. In our family, we need to build a temple of the Holy Spirit. And when we come together as a church here at the Bay Area of Church of Christ, we need to become the temple of the Holy Spirit. Everything else we do in our life is secondary. Building of the temple of the Lord is primary. Our life is His house. See, the spirit that lives in us is greater than the spirit that lives in the world. Jesus came. He paid a price. He gave us an example, a perfect example. He became the author and finisher of our faith. He set an example for us of how we are to do that. He persevered. He finished his race triumphantly. He laid down his life as a sacrifice for sin so that we could be saved from judgment. That was his race that was set before him. See, there were many challenges throughout his course of his race. 
When he was little, Herod tried to kill him. Satan tried to stop him in the wilderness with temptations. Even the apostle Peter tried to discourage him from going to the cross. Peter even used his sword against somebody when, they came, when the mob came to arrest him. But in the spite of opposition, danger, and the magnitude of his task set before him, the Bible tells us that Jesus set his face like a flint to Jerusalem where he would suffer and die. Jesus triumphantly finished his race so that you and I could do the same. He persevered all the way to the finish line so that in him we could persevere also. We will finish our race set before us by remaining in him, abiding in him, having that abode in him. In him, we're going to make it all the way. No matter what the enemy throws at us in opposition throughout the process, we're going to make it. To our teens, you're going to make it. I know life is showing you a lot of challenges and the world is throwing things at you. You're going to make it. Remain in him. Scripture says in Galatians 6, 8 through 10, those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. And at, the just, at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing when we have the opportunity. We should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. And then uh, let's listen at the author of Hebrews. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance. The race has marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of God, uh, right hand of the throne of God, consider him who endeared such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We can point fingers at a lot of things that's happening today, but the root of all of that is sin. We have a sin problem in the world today. That's where it all starts. I know we can say there, there, there's arguments to be made, like Chris said, that other people have good points. We can say there's a gun problem, a race problem, but it's all a sin problem. See, our role in combating that sin is to abide in him, to remain in him. That is where our energy has to be spent daily, minute by minute, week by week, at all times. So when the world sees us, they see him in us. That's how we're going to combat the sin that's in the world today. So if we remain in him in the face of setbacks, we combat sin. If we remain in him in the face of enemy opposition, we combat sin. If we remain in him in the face of disappointments, we combat sin. Throughout all crises, we remain in him, we combat sin. We keep those thoughts out of our mind. But just as important as that is we have to remain in him when all is well. We can't forget. We can't go back to being our own God. We got to continue to feed the spirit that's in us. 
See, David and the children of Israel, when they were building the temple, they faced opposition. There was many things. But completing the physical building of the temple wasn't their only task. David procured a lot of help along the way in building the temple. The book of Chronicles said that they had help getting across the finish line. There was people put in place. The priests, the Levites, all had to be put in place. The priests and Levites were put in place to supervise, to organize the work of the temple. Some of the people that were put in place were judges and officials. Some were gatekeepers. So we all have a role to play in, in running this race. We cannot finish the race God has set before us without operating in the priesthood that God had assigned us. Which leads me to my next point. Priesthood. The Apostle Peter writes in Peter in 1 Peter 2.5, You are also like living stones, being built into a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices to God through Jesus Christ. Then in verse 9 he says, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into this wonderful light. We have to call the people in the world who are lost in that darkness into the light. We have to help them combat that sin. See, we can't have church here at Bay Area without us operating in our priestly calling. We can't rely on, oh, I'll let them do it. We all have to operate in our priestly calling. It's the task of our elders and all of us here to help each other identify what that calling is, to equip each other to function in that calling. Because as the Bible tells us, iron sharpens iron. We have to hold each other accountable for sharpening each other. Hold each other accountable for finding our roles here at Bay Area. We can't, we can't have church, we can't cross the finish line that God has laid out for Bay Area without each one of us taking on our role in this family, in this body of believers, and in this community. We set the example in this community. This is what this community sees. It's us. If we want to end the sin problem, they see us first. If they see the Lord, they see the Holy Spirit, they see Jesus in us, that'll help them rebel against that sin. So it's my hope that we are familiar with this next principle, which is what stands between us and finishing the race set before us. See, each one of us has been commanded to do something. Our, that command given to us, we also know as the Great Commission. The book of Matthew, he says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to a mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus is with us 
we can't fall short. We can't be scared. Like I said earlier, I had butterflies before I came up here. But that song, thank you, Jesus Hold My Hand. I feel the Holy Spirit. The butterflies are gone now. But we have a calling. We have a command that has been given to us that we need to follow, that we must follow if we want to eradicate the sin problem that we have in this world. Which leads me to my last point. Told you it would be one or two things. Either Tom's going to cut my mic off or we're going to get out of here early. My last point is prayer. We've been discussing prayer for the last few months here. Prayer is what helped David and the children of Israel get, get across the finish line. The attitude of the Christian life is based on prayer. How are we to seek him? We seek him through prayer. And in doing so, when David was instructing them on how to build the temple, he offered up a prayer that was called David's Prayer in 1 Chronicles 29, 10-13. through 13. Let's read it. Then David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. O Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours. O Lord, this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion, people are made great and given strength. O our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. That's the attitude of a Christian life that we have to have. We have to have a heart for the Lord. Nothing in this world lasts forever. Nothing lasts unless it's rooted in God. And as we discussed this morning, only a relationship with God is permanent. So thank you, my brother, for that. His love never fades. Nothing will ever take that away. That's in the book of Romans, chapter 8. His love never fades. But read the entire book of Romans. It's a great read. The race that David and the children of Israel were running and building the temple wasn't about one nation. It wasn't about a culture. It wasn't about a physical building. It wasn't about the architecture and the gold and the precious metals. It wasn't about restoring a religious system or practices. David's task was building something for the people of Israel. He wanted to restore the people of Israel to seek the Lord. He wanted to bring them back. He wanted them to abide in him because they had lost their way. That's what our mission is all about, is seeking God. In everything we do, we should seek God. In seeking God, we have to, and that's, that's, that's not a, a give and take. We have to separate from the unclean practices of this world in order to seek him. Does that mean you're not going to fall short? No, we all fall short. We're sinners. It's going to happen. But Jesus paid that price. He paid a mighty price for that sin. That is why prayer is so important to us here because it's one of the main ways that we as God's people seek him. 
It doesn't matter if we get to see a miracle, see demons cast out. What matters is that we seek Jesus. It doesn't matter if we get goosebumps during the sermon. It just matters that we seek and hear Jesus. How do we seek Jesus? We stay in the word. We stay planted in the word. That's how we will combat the world's sin is by staying in the word and living in the word. How do we get across the finish line God has set before us? We seek Jesus. And as I wrap up, I want us to think about crossing that finish line. We cross that finish line by persevering. Even when we're going through valleys and we just don't see how we get out. Seek Jesus. We persevere. We hold on. We stay strong. We stay the course. We finish the race. Even when we're tired, we seek that second win and we run through. We cross the finish line by functioning in our priestly role. Here at Bay Area, we all have a role. There's no role bigger than the others, nothing too small. We all have a part to play. We all have to function in our priestly role. Remember the price that was paid for us to be able to function in that priestly role. That's what should keep us and motivate us to want to stay there. Jesus died so that we could operate in our priesthood. And we cross the finish line by living a life of prayer. Jesus ran the perfect race. He finished the race for the prize that was set before him. So Bay Area, I say thank you. We're going to make it. If we run across the finish line, we run with perseverance, we run with our priestly role, and we run with prayer. I thank you for your time this morning. Um, that's all I have. We're going to have uh, a song of encouragement at this time, and if you so choose, come forward. Thank you.